Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialist with an office in Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. Eric, let's talk a little bit about Dave Ramsey on this episode, or this uh, segment, excuse me. Okay. Uh, Dave's got 17-ish, roughly 17 million people uh, checking out his radio show, podcast, YouTube things, just about weekly. Uh, it's got quite the, you know, quite the empire. We all know that, right? Uh, but if you're listening to maybe our show, there's probably a good chance that you've also come across some of Dave's stuff. So I'm going to give you a few of Dave's core beliefs, things that he states many, 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 many times, and just let us know, you know, what's your thoughts on this? Agree or disagree, so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm not sure I'm 100% on this, but I'm pretty sure Dave is not actually a licensed financial professional anymore. No, right? uh, he is not, because right. if he was... Um, the stuff that he talks about on his show would uh, get him uh, um, fined. Yeah. Um, the or SEC. you'd have to go through the compliance and have to cut it, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 But he is not a licensed securities professional mm-hmm. because there's no way the stuff that he says he could ever get through a compliance department. And so I kind of just wanted to point this out again. He's got a great empire and he's got some interesting advice and I'm sure you're going to agree with some and probably disagree with others. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, the difference in something like, you know, our radio show and a lot of financial professionals who are doing podcasts and things out there on a smaller scale, it's because they're still actively working. They're still actively seeing clients, right? You right. have your fiduciary, you have your various licenses and you're, you know, in the trenches so to speak, right? Versus the big talking heads that get these big talk. And that, that's their job now. It's its not really the accuracy sometimes. It's really the, you know, the the, the clicks and the views and the whole nine yards. So anyway. He, he's labeled a financial commentator or yeah. slash entertainer is the way you have to look at this. There you go. So, and entertainers have big draws, which is why, you know, 17 million people, he's entertaining um, I especially like it when he gets the, the, the twang going a little bit more when he's really trying to drive home a point. Gotcha. But um, he and I can't say he hasn't helped people. He has. Oh, absolutely. I think, absolutely. I think his uh, debt mitigation, you know, getting people to stop spending on credit cards and the snowball effect about paying them off. I think that is good. But um, I take a lot of um, exception with some of his about always earning. We'll talk about this. Well, I was going to say, yeah let's, yeah, let's jump in and do them then. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, let's start with the one you just talked about, the, the credit card thing. So you mm-hmm. like that one, right? Don't use credit cards. Cut them up. Throw them away. Don't use them kind of thing. Well, you should have at least something for an emergency. One, you can't, you can't fly. You can't rent a car. It's hard to go on vacation. It's hard to buy stuff without a credit card. Right? I think you so, got to know you. I think you got to be honest yeah. with who you are, right? Right. If, if you're if you're one that does it, like I have credit cards, I got them for my business, I got them for my personal life, I pay them off every month, but I'm in a position to be able to do that. So for me, it's a tool, so I'm not, and I don't use debit cards, I use a credit card. So this is something I also learned too by talking to a banker, is that when you use a debit card, mm-hmm. and people like doing that because it's the cash coming out of my bank, right? Right, right. I'm no, I don't owe anybody, it's just I'm paying Correct. for it, right. But think about this. If I use a credit card, whose money am I using? I'm using the bank's money, okay? Mm-hmm. Then the bank sends me a bill and I pay them off in full. I don't pay any interest, okay? 
but I only have to pay one person. If I use my debit card, I'm allowing that financial institution, wherever it is, to come into my account and take my money. If that's compromised, then I let somebody come into my account, okay? How many attorneys and theft prevention people do I have on my staff? (laughs) None. How many does the bank? Let's say I'm working with a big provider, right? Several, many. They have many, okay? So that's where I prefer to use a credit card and have that whole team, fraud prevention, all that kind of stuff, looking out for me, uh, preventing that kind of stuff, and I just pay them once a month. Now, if you're somebody that's running a balance, right, then that's where you may have an issue, okay? And sometimes people get in a pinch, right? But if you're one that you're just using to gather up points because, you know, those are helpful. Miles, I use it for miles. Um, so those types of things, and it's fine. But I understand here we're saying, okay, because if you're racking up these balances, yes, you're paying interest on top of compounders. If you're just paying the minimum, it may take you 20 years to pay that thing off. So this is where I do agree with Dave. You know, you got to pay those things off, cut them up, don't use them. But you do need, I think, at least one, especially if an emergency and you need to get rent a hotel room or get an airline flight to get the heck out of somewhere. Access to a credit line sometimes can be helpful. But you got to understand your, like you said, you got to know you and your spending habits. But if you're one that pays it off every month, I would use credit cards as opposed to debit cards any day. All right. So that's the first one. How about whole life insurance? Again, these are Davisms, okay? Mm-hmm. Whole life insurance is a ripoff. You should have term insurance or be at the point in life where you need no insurance at all. Term insurance is great at the beginning of life because you want to, you need to cover, when you're young, you need to cover a lot of stuff. You might have a mortgage, you may have to put kids through school. And, and if you die, you know, replicate your income for several years so your family can still pay bills and that kind of stuff. But term insurance is renting the insurance. It's fine if you die within that term, but if you die with outside of the term, you paid for something that you'd never used. Whole life, or what I call permanent. So that's the other thing. He doesn't make a distinction. He just calls it whole life. Okay, there's all kinds of different permanent insurances. There's permanent insurances where you pay very little money to make sure the policy is in force as long as you're alive. That's typically when you want the policy to pay off is when you die. And insurance has a unique tax treatment to it. So he doesn't go anything about the tax treatment. So people that have a lot of money typically use insurance strategies because other things that are more tax favored are unavailable to them or they're maxed those things out. So they look at other buckets they can turn to. Mm. So he just doesn't like it because life insurance salesmen typically will say this is the ultimate, you know, this is the most magic, the the silver bullet, right, is life insurance because it's all these wonderful things. He's trying to combat them. There's gotcha. no silver bullet. No. All kinds of tools are good, and no tool is necessarily evil or bad. It's the planning of it. But and how they, and how they like, work and play together right, within right. that plan. A blanket yeah. statement like that, to me, is disingenuous. Mm. You need to examine how the tool can fit for you. But permanent insurance does have a place. Term insurance has a place. Yeah. I think the last thing were no insurance at all. You could self-insure. The thing about insurance is that it's a tax-free asset. That is very powerful. And other things it could do for long-term care and that kind of stuff. So having no insurance, it depends. You know, again, there's no right or wrong answer to everyone's situation, but – to me, having no insurance might not be the answer to everyone. Well, it's like, you know, it's like a ball-peen hammer. We're talking about tools. Like, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who's probably really good with a ball-peen hammer probably hear, hear the statement from me and think, well, I'm a nut. But, like, I can't stand that thing. Like, I can't figure out what I'm supposed to use it for, right? But it's right. not – it doesn't work for me. But, you know, other hammers do. You know, I know that's a silly analogy, but it's really that, that simple, right? Certain financial tools are going to work for you. Certain ones aren't. 
and, and so therefore you just got to really examine the tools and how you're putting them to work for you. I got two more. I want to try to get these done. So let me let me do two more here before we uh, jump out to break. Uh, I want to see what you think about this one. He says you should invest in four types of mutual funds: growth, aggressive growth, growth and income, and international. Well, one, I have a contention with mutual funds. <laughs> I knew that's where you were going to start. <laughs> so the one thing is he doesn't – he always says mutual funds. He never talks about exchange-traded funds, which to me are the new generation of mutual funds. So mutual funds, one, is they give diversification. So do exchange-traded funds. What I like about exchange-traded funds is that we the actions of others don't impact me. The thing about a mutual fund, it's a pooled investment. Your money's pooled with someone else or lots of other people. Those people can impact you even though you choose not to do something. So if they all decide to sell, those sales impact you because the manager of that fund has to redeem their shares to cash, which means they got to sell off the stocks and instruments, bonds and things inside of that mutual fund to meet their redemptions. That can negatively impact you even though you don't want to sell. You own an exchange-traded fund, I sell mine, doesn't impact you because we own that that share is different. Okay, so the fact that he's just been always stouting mutual funds is because it's easy for somebody listening to his show to understand. But you can get the same exact uh, risk profile. In fact, maybe even own the same exact internal um, stocks inside of an exchange traded fund and have one tenth of the expenses. So if he's doing what's right by his 17 million viewers, right, why wouldn't he recommend something that is. 10% 10% the cost that does the same thing. So to me, that's mm, disingenuous. Interesting, yeah. Okay, and only four things, all growth-oriented? No. What if you need something to generate income? And so this well, is Well, he does where, have growth and income in one of them, I guess. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, well, a little yeah. bit of income, right. <laughs> so th- this is where he's not a planner, okay? He's a financial commentator. Very true. So he's saying, yeah, you could take, you could take a, an amount and still make, you know, if you're – well, when we get to the next one, you'll uh, understand. Yeah, I was going to say, let me do this next one, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's the next easy, one, and understand. It's easy to, to find mutual funds that average more than 12% annual return. Uh, mm. Where? Yes, please. Yeah. And, and I listened to a podcast one time because someone was talking about the 4% withdrawal rate. And he, I think it was on his team, too, and he berated that person. Mm. Now, there's study after study showing that a 4% withdrawal rate is industry norm. Uh, looking at all kinds of different Monte Carlo simulations, right? And she's like, 4%. You could take way more than that. Because he's saying, well, I'm making 12, taking four, still growing by eight. You got to count for bad years. You, if you're, especially if you're in, in, invested in growth, aggressive growth, growth and in income, remember probably 70% of that's still growth in international, which international is even more volatile. And you're going to take income out of that as well, which means you're selling when things are down. It's not going to work. Okay. Because, also, left to their own devices, if people are taking money out and it's going down, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to sell, right, at probably some of the worst times. They're not going to stick with it. Now, you can run it with using modeling, and it shows, oh, yeah, it works out fine, but you took out the human component, which is the hardest thing to, to rationalize, right? It's, you, computers cannot predict behavior. Very difficult for them to do that. So this is where I think it's disingenuous. You need to be able to sit down with someone shoulder to shoulder that can hold your hand through some of these bad periods. I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been sitting there when the market's gone down by 30% and I'm helping my client get the income that they want and tell them it's going to be okay because we're pulling this income from an account that has not gone down. 
Okay, you're fine. Yes, your other accounts, I, I understand. I'm mad too, it's gone down. I like when my client's account goes down, but we don't need that money, okay? We gotta come from over here. Much easier conversation than, oh yeah, it went down 30% and we're gonna pull out this income from it as well, sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, that doesn't work. This is why you need to work with somebody that understands planning, especially for people entering retirement. That's what we specialize in. So if you don't have that, and you're listening to him, <laughs> do yourself a favor. Pick up the phone. Call us. We'll, we'll take you through this, the retirement readiness review. Again, worst case, you waste a couple of hours of your time. Best case is we're going to show you some areas that you can really improve. And then see if we're the right people to fit. It's good for you. If yep. not, we'll part friends and you keep doing what you're doing. Exactly. But if so, you can be very happy that you did. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500. They are Iowa's retirement specialists and standing by to help you achieve your financial and retirement goals. Want to ask a question online? Visit the team at askericpeterson.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast, making sure that you're retirement ready. Did you know that Eric Peterson also has a radio show? Tune in to the Retirement Ready Radio Show, Sundays at noon on AM 1040. WHO. Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Any references to protection benefits or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor.